When a client is a victim of a scam or a fraud or even loses money in an investment, a lot of times the question comes up is, how am I going to get back my lost funds? How are I going to recover it from the fraudster? As we've mentioned many times before, one of the most common method is to look at third-party liability. And there are many enablers of a fraud. It could be an internet company. It could be an accountant. It could be a bank. It could even be attorneys. Here's a case of a major fraud that happened where third parties were made to force a recovery on a debt. In this case, there was a, a debtor who was owed money in a lawsuit. And because they were moving money around with their bank to try to avoid paying the judgment in this lawsuit, the bank and attorney and other third parties were made to make the victims whole. And we'll talk about that uh, in this video. So this was a case where a lawyer, a law firm and a bank were sued under RICO statutes to assist a debtor to get recovery in a post-claim litigation. The article uh, is here in Forbes, but it's a, a major case. This Cruz case has been talked about many times. A lot of times, planners think they need to engage in some type of asset planning to avoid debt payback. We've seen cases where debtors have been hit with punitive damage, attorney fees, and lost bankruptcy because they're trying to protect assets. Here's another side of it where the planner, which was an attorney, and the bank got sued for trying to help cheat the creditors. And the creditors were uh, somebody who sued this debtor in a lawsuit. What happened was there was a car crash and the person got sued for injury and damages in that car crash. And this person owned a farm and had some assets and to try to hide their assets from this lawsuit they set up new trusts and bank accounts they put a lien on their own property to kind of hide it from from the person who was injured in the car crash well when the dust settled the court said no you can't do that so you owe the money not only that but the attorney that helped you do it and the bank that was part of this has to pay back the losses for the clients so in this case Cruz, which is the plaintiff, sued Weller for $2.4 million and they won. They also sued afterwards, they sued the person who crashed into them for certain fraudulent transfers. And that lawsuit was to set aside those transfers. Then there was a third lawsuit. This is where it gets interesting. The third lawsuit alleged that the person's attorney in the law firm and the bank conspired to assist the defendant to protect the assets. Look, it's one thing to protect assets, but as soon as you're on notice of having a claim against you or have a judgment against you, certain things you do could be illegal. So if you have a claim against somebody, a debt against somebody, and you see them moving money around, you want to make sure that you're taking the right legal action to get good legal advice on that. Okay, so Weller's a defendant. He knew he was at fault from the auto accident. He had a $500,000 auto policy, but the claim was going to be more than that. Fear of losing the family farm, he retained the services of an attorney to transfer his farm into a trust and make gifts to cash or cash gifts to family members. In addition, he opened accounts with First State, which is a bank, and made gifts from that account. Okay? Why is that a problem? Well, two officers of the bank knew that he had been in a car accident and would likely be sued. So just because of that knowledge, them opening that bank account and helping move that money around enabled 
this fraud on the debtors. That's the key. It enabled the fraud. Although First State knew about the liability, First State, the bank, engaged in an annual borrower review and gave this borrower a new loan against the farm. So now the farm, which is an asset owned by the debtor, is encumbered more, which makes it harder for the victim to get their money back. And that enabled them to encumber the assets with loans so they would not be able to satisfy the liability. First State knew or should have known that it would ultimately be instrumental in Weller's fraudulent transfers. The bank technically didn't do anything illegal in opening an account, but once you know that that legal action is helping somebody defraud another person, now you're on the hook. Basically, you're guilty by association. And we recommend this all the time. If you have a debt against somebody, don't just look at your debtor. Look at the third parties who help do asset protection. And this law firm that was sued advertises that they do asset protection. It's one thing to do asset protection for future events. If you're doing asset protection after you have some claim against you, that's a problem. Again, we're not attorneys. Get good legal advice to verify all this. Two months before the trial was to begin, the debtor, Weller, met with the attorney and advised him of the cash gifts. The attorney told him this was a bad idea, but nevertheless, they concocted a plan where they made a new company called Weller Farms LLC, and they put the farms into that entity. The stated objectives of the creation were to continue the ownership of the family assets, restrict the right of non-family to acquire the interest in the assets, and to provide protection from claims of creditors. This was in the corporate documents. Once they had a judgment against them, they prepared another financial statement to be used in settlement negotiations. The financial statement said, we don't have any money. Reduced net worth based on playing around with the value of those LLCs. This is a perfect example of not only fraudulent conveyance, but also enabling the fraudulent conveyance. And this happens a lot of times with Ponzi schemes, right? If the scammer took money from a bunch of victims and then ran away and disappeared and doesn't have any money to collect, well, where do you as a victim get your money from? If you were victim of an online scam, a Bitcoin scam, some other type of fraud, how are you going to get your money back if the fraudster disappeared? Well, there may be ways to find the money that the fraudster has, but in addition to that, look at third parties that enabled it. Internet company, advertising companies, attorneys, banks. Famous case in South Florida, Scott Rothstein was an attorney who scammed a lot of people, ran away with a bunch of money because of the fact that his banks didn't do proper paperwork on opening accounts, his bank was forced to pay back money to victims. Very famous case, very similar to this. In addition to that, after this lawsuit happened, First State, the bank, comes back into the picture when Weller, the debtor, met with the loan officer to review his loans. Even though the farm and other assets have been transferred to this fake LLC, he put them on his own personal financial statement. And then the bank gave the person, Weller, a pass rating and gave him a new loan, a new loan of $340,000 after the assets were transferred away and after this lawsuit happened. So the bank is doing something wrong. In fact, it even went further, extended 500000 in available credit to the company 
this fake company, even after this person's accounts were garnished by the creditor, by the plaintiff in a lawsuit, the bank extended another 23000 to the farm for cattle and, and other things without any kind of documentation. And again, First State says this was not typical practice. Another thing to look at in, in third-party liability, is it their standard practice to do something or did they do something different? Fast forward, this is in 2015, 16. Fast forward is the result after all the litigation, and we'll skip over the details, is the bank and the attorney were forced because there was a pattern of racketeering activity, they were forced to pay back the debtor because they interfered with the proper distribution of the assets. Analysis, the most important lesson in this case is post-claim planning for debtor is very dangerous. Doesn't take much for a planner or a party that facilitates transactions to incur their own litigation exposure. What that means is if you help a person hide assets, you might be liable to the person that the assets are hidden from. The damages were $900,000 and also risk of punitive damages, meaning that punitive damages, if there's a case, could be treble damages, whatever the damages are, times three. And these items are not covered by E&O insurance, meaning that the defendant would have to be paying this out of pocket. If you're a victim of a scam and you're worried about getting money from the person who stole your money, continue to pursue that, but also make your investigation into third parties that enabled and allow that scam to either happen in the first place, get bigger, or cause you more damage because sometimes those pockets are a lot deeper and easier for you to get your money from.